Is there is there a place in your house where there's an outlet that you can plug your phone in and a blanket nearby where you can throw over your head? Okay. Ooh, he's on that blanket. Sitting under a blanket <laughs> like a fucking six-year-old. Can we request and not give you Bach be our intro music? Yes. No, because I do not have... Welcome back, everybody. It's your host, Natalia, and today I am here for a very special episode of More Than a Pretty Face, um, something I've never done before, probably won't ever do again, but, you know, never say never, Justin Bieber. Um, but today I have... <laughs> Don't look at me like that. No. <laughs> um, today I have two dear friends of mine, Obi and Jonathan. Um, as you recall, a few weeks out... Um, their two lovely partners came on the podcast to talk about interracial relationships and, um, they have requested, I also offered, you know, to have them on to speak about their perspective of interracial relationships also in regard to their two partners that were on. Um, so it's kind of like a follow-up episode. Uh, I'm really, really excited because I know them and they're insane humans, um, but I love them, so I'm allowing them to be in this space. Uh, so, guys, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. You, what? what? <laughs> sure. Age, age, before, age before beauty. Taking this blanket off. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> my name is Jonathan Tolbert. I am a, for lack of a better term, architect. Um, and uh, I am in an interracial relationship, a marriage, actually, with mm-hmm. my wife, Rebecca Tolbert. You've probably heard from her last week. Loving every minute of it. Um, she's a great person. And I'm happy to be here. Mm-hmm. Happy to share this space. Thank you for sharing the space with us. I, I know that, we, you know, men take up a lot of space. You do. So very grateful that you allowed us to, to share this space with you. Yay. And, uh... The beauty over there. <laughs> hey, my name is Obi Okolo. My name is Obi Akwe Okolo. I go by Obi. Um, I am a creative director here in the District of Columbia, and I have the distinct honor of being boyfriend to Maggie Margaret Kate Catherine Connolly. Thank for two years, and and I also would like to thank you for the distinct honor of. Allowing us to take up space on this here podcast. Yeah. Okay. So my first like kind of question is more directed towards Jonathan because originally no, I'm not being rude. Um, because originally when we had like talked about this, you were like, I don't know if I want to do this. And I just want to know like what your hesitation about talking about this would be. Uh I mean I don't have any hesitation about talking about being in a relationship an interracial relationship and mm-hmm. so much to say. Uh, my hesitation is I just don't really like being on podcasts. So <laughs> <laughs> it was not about putting my voice out there or speaking truth to anything. Was like, I just don't want people searching me like that. So whatever. <laughs> but I'm out here. I love you, Natalia. I'm here for you. Oh. Um, I think that sharing two sides to the story is really interesting, especially for this type of conversation. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting to to hear both sides because you you get a little bit deeper into the conversation. So yeah, yeah, that's that was it. I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not afraid of saying what I'm about to say. Just, <laughs> and, don't like the sound of my voice. Oh my goodness! And Obi, um, Obi, also, where did your video go? 
So, y'all, I'm, I'm sitting in my closet. I'm a little bit far from my router, um, and I was afraid that if I let my video run, it might get choppy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Anywho, Obi, you were, like, all game to do this. Why were you so game? Because <laughs> I enjoy attention. I like the sound of my own voice. I don't know. Like... <laughs> <laughs> These are truths. These are truths. <laughs> These are very much no, truths. Um, I think... I mean, to, to Jonathan's point, I think, like, hearing both sides of this specific story is is very interesting. And I think many times um, the browner side of an interracial relationship tends to not get to speak about the relationship because it's assumed that it's understood why you're in that relationship. Mm, mm. Um, so it was the idea and prospect of getting to do that was exciting. Oh, okay. Um, so kind of to both of you, just, you know, want to start off, is this your first interracial relationships? You know, have there been others in the past? What's different about these two? What's different? Wow, that's a... What's <laughs> different? I mean, there's a lot that's different about them. You know, for one, I'm married them. <laughs> that's know, true we'll, you did marry this one <laughs> we'll start there but uh yes i have been in interracial relationships before um of uh interesting variety mm-hmm. uh, what's different about this one uh i mean there's a lot there's a lot i mean there's there's a lot of spiritual difference here there's mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of emotional intelligence uh for Rebecca, she's probably one of the most in touch with emotions. Mm-hmm. Sometimes not her own, but in touch with emotions person that I've ever met. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is just a... I think that of all the women that I've dated, she has been the most vocal and in touch with and just kind of allowing me to have my space in the struggle. Mm, mm. Um, and that has been a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It has been an enlightening thing because I didn't realize that I was being stifled in other relationships. Mm. And so that that is one of the many reasons why I chose to marry her. She's a beautiful woman. In so many ways, so yeah, it's just yeah, you know, I I can, I can go on I can go on for days about why I chose to marry her, but that is a that's a that's a really good reason why. And and Obi, what about you? Interracial relationships in the past. What was different about Maggie, or what is different about Maggie? Uh, yeah, uh, there have been other interracial relationships. Um, like Jonathan, of varying uh, racials, if you will. <laughs> and <laughs> um, what's different? I mean, for me, infinitely more emotionally intelligent, less damaged, mm. um, more specifically as it pertains to race, more comfortable in my blackness um, and in my brand of blackness, if you will. Mm. Um, I don't, 
necessarily feel like I have anything to prove in this relationship. And I, and I think, and if I look back at my other ones, there was definitely a little bit of a chip in that department. Um, and then exterior, you know, I think if I'm being honest, and I think back, I think this is the first interracial relationship where neither of her parents had a problem with me. That's also nice. Um, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think those are the things that come to mind. What was it? I guess like what, what was kind of the feeling, I guess? Cause I mean, we talked about this on, on the girls podcast, but um, what was kind of that feeling like to know that, their families accepted you and you didn't feel like you had to be some type of certain something. It was good. It was a different, it was a different kind of uncomfortable, if I'm being honest. I I think I had been conditioned to, in those situations, a little bit conditioned to be rejected or to expect rejection. So I think there was a little bit of waiting for the ball to drop, which Mm. was unfair, I think, to her family. Um, And I think she, she told you guys about the first time that I actually met her parents it was also the first time i had met her extended family and it was also the first time i had met um her sister who was then dating her Mm ex-boyfriend so the situation was uh the least ideal of all situations and it was also john was it like reese was it just after get out and come out no no well yeah 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 it it was no, 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 no. Because Get Out came out right before or right after I met Rebecca's parents. Oh no, you're right, you're right. And um, and I, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that after Obi's done. That's yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> John, and I's, John and I's lives have been for the last four or five years felt like they've been one movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it was it was definitely a. Uh, it was definitely a, a very overwhelming, if I'm being honest, experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were there for um, a birthday party. And yeah, after the party, all of the like kids and young people uh, who were unmarried all slept together. Like in, They have like a large basement area, so like, they set up a bunch of air mattresses in the basement. Um, and I slept next to uh, her now brother-in-law her then ex-boyfriend, um, <laughs> which was a whole other set of feelings. But it was just, you know, I think the acceptance was there, the interest was there. It very quickly realized that um, her mother and my mother had a lot in common in, in spirit, not necessarily in expression, uh-huh. um, and that her father um, was a man who I wanted to grow close to. I think I realized that pretty much instantly. Mm-hmm. Um and then, yeah, from there, it's just been, like, reconciling and healing a lot of the other, like, disparate things that were going on um, and the other dynamics. But <laughs> Natalia sips her tea. Literally, I... <laughs> literally sips her tea. What? Listen, I have my ginger tea, okay? I don't know why anyone's judging me. It has been a long day at work. Thank you so much. Throat clear and strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh... Get Out, man. Get Out has played such a significant role in my relationship. <laughs> uh, so, oh, my goodness. I think, so, when I first met Rebecca's parents, well, when we had, it was pretty early into us dating, and mm-hmm. there she was uh, getting ready for her sister's wedding, 
and she needed to get her dress tailored and she um Rebecca has got a thing where she's she doesn't value herself as much as she should and so she wanted to get her dress tailored but she didn't want to spend the money on it because she didn't feel like it was like she should be Mm -hmm. um but she also knew that she could get it tailored down by her down in her hometown for much cheaper but she Mm -hmm. didn't want to drive by herself and it was this and this and that and so I was like look I'll go with you Mm -hmm. she was like oh well I mean you would probably meet my parents I was like all right cool let's do it (laughs) and so we started talking about it and right when we had solidified our plans the trailer for get out came out (laughs) and uh Rebecca's family lives like in the sticks of mm-hmm. Virginia, um, deep into Trump country, and they are. She like loves how remote their house is. Like they have very little cell phone service. Wi-Fi is very, very light. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're out there to to kind of like almost going off the grid. So I see this trailer and I, see, I think about what's happening. I'm like. Mm. <laughs> you know, we're not going anymore. Uh, I'm going to have to pass on that. And then she was like, oh, come on, come on, it's fine. And I was like, all right, well, you know, I told Obi exactly where I was going. I know that's right. <laughs> I said, this is where I'm going to be. If you don't get a check-in every three hours, you better send somebody because it is not no game. Right? Was, that's, was... that's when you turned on Find My Friends, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's when I, when I turned on Find My Friends to Obi. I was like, look, this is where I am all, at all times need to know because i don't i don't know what's about to happen was obi uh, like the little realm the situation yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i was t.s motherfucking man <laughs> <laughs> and, was. and uh you know <laughs> drama aside it was it was uh it was a great trip um mm-hmm. her i asked her mm-hmm. early on i was i asked her i was like did you tell your parents that i'm black like just straight up it's like yeah we're dating it's like did you tell them i was black she was like yeah i actually showed them a picture of you and their first reaction was his very kind eyes oh and i was like oh you okay. do have kind eyes that's fair that's just fair they're deceptive um but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so like i think that her family has been very welcoming of me um she's she is the second middle she has three other siblings she's mm-hmm. a third of four and um they have all been very open and engaging and willing to hear my story and really kind of great um as a family and mm-hmm. i you know they've, they've been really good in-laws and they i you know they're very like they're very white <laughs> very white that's what I told like she's like for real like one of the founders of whiteness in this country <laughs> the family line is um but I think that's what's so interesting about their their that that part of their family especially uh-huh. like their grandmother her grandmother her nana love nana is that they don't take they always take the opportunity to learn more they always take the opportunity to understand where their place is uh-huh. in society and how that is affecting other people i mean her grandmother's still reading books about you know racial injustice reading books about you know this and this and that her sister you know 
is always trying to to be better. Mm-hmm. Um, both of her brothers are always willing to listen and engage and learn more. So I've never felt like I'm not welcome, um, mm. despite the fact that like we definitely have cultural differences that can mm-hmm. be uncomfortable at times. Um, like this past Christmas was the first time I've ever fired a firearm. Mm. <laughs> like, forever. Um, I grew up in like the tail end of crack era DC and I watched I watched the man get shot in the face mm. so guns did not play a positive role in my life mm-hmm. um, whereas they're a big hunting family they have deer and they hunt on their own land and you know this and this and that and so like I I kind of like, had a really nice bonding moment with her older brother where he kind of helped me through a little bit of that trauma and I fired my first rifle and shotgun and it was it was a thing will it happen again probably not Um, (laughs) (laughs) but I I think there is is, you know there's just that willingness to to reach out and to to learn more and to, Mm -hmm. to build a bridge in that family that I think is really great so I don't think I yeah I don't think I mentioned it on um Maggie and Rebecca's uh, episode, but the reason we all met was because we were all in a small group together from our church that um, Obi and you, like, kind of started, and it was about watching um, movies from, that were, like, very definitive in the black community, and movies that were very, like, definitive in the white community, and I think about um, the first time I met Obi, <laughs> I was hella early. <laughs> oh my god, you were! I was so early. <laughs> like a stranger in my living room, always. <laughs> Good night. Um, I'm sorry. Here we are now, so I don't know what you're complaining about. <laughs> Could have gone either way, girl. You know, really, that's fair. Really <laughs> but um. But I remember, and, like, Maggie, like, popped out, and um, I, like, didn't know. I was like, is that his girlfriend? Is that just, like, a friend? And I didn't I didn't kind of know how to play the dynamic, because I think as, like, I don't want to speak for all black people, but I feel like when you walk into a situation like that, like, I didn't, I didn't know how to, like, I don't know, be kind of in that space, if that makes sense, because I didn't know what your and Maggie's relationship was because meeting Maggie upon the first time, I don't think like she's, she's not, um, she's, she's not one to be like over, overly like, this is my boyfriend. You know what I mean? Um, she doesn't claim me very often. Yes. No. <laughs> but in the best way. Um, this is true. This is true. <laughs> Get it. I don't know that I would either. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just didn't like, I remember that was like kind of, a weird, weird spot to be in, not knowing either of you. Um, and then I met Jonathan, and Jonathan was like, yeah, my wife will be here. Rebecca pops. I was very, like, I was like, this is di-. Like, I just didn't know. <laughs> well, y'all really doing it. <laughs> I, well, not, because not that it's, obviously, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, um, I just, like, I was just surprised, and I think because this is, I, this is something I know that we talked about in the other podcast was, especially getting to know to know both of you y'all are like very black and i'm <laughs> jonathan's holding a power fist up um but 
but how, I mean, do you feel like you got that reaction often about kind of the juxtaposition of kind of your blackness with dating someone who is white? And I feel like I personally don't think you guys like fall, fall into the stereotypical, I guess, of what you think a black man dating a white woman looks like. First of all, let me go ahead and say that you are the first person in 29 years and seven and a half months of life to ever say that I am, quote unquote, very black. (laughs) Never. Never. No. Absolutely not. Um, No. Yeah. I I mean, the thing is, like, I I feel like I've, I've actually had the opposite experience. I've probably been pegged as like oh yeah nah he's he's a dude that's gonna date a white girl like that's been my label for most of my life mm. um which has its that's its own trauma and its own identity crisis that mm-hmm. I've, I've worked hard to work through and i'm still working hard to work through as maggie and i start to talk about marriage um and so yeah that's actually very surprising to hear because I've, I've had the complete opposite experience for all of my life. I feel, I say that because, like, especially, like, knowing that you, to me, you guys are people that are very about, like, we have to talk about these systems. We have to, like, understand our blackness. We have to, like, Jonathan mentors black young boys into architecture. Like, I, I feel like there's not, um, there's kind of no denying of who you guys are and who the world you kind of want to see. And, and yeah. what you're kind of putting forward, there's no, um, you don't really have like a deference to say Maggie or Rebecca's way of doing things, if that makes sense. There's no, granted everybody's different. I don't want to put all people in one box, but it was just, it was the more I got to know you, at least on that surface level, I was like, huh, that's interesting. I mean, they're Maggie and Rebecca are great. I'm just like, that's interesting, you know? I think for me, I, I, I also agree with Obi. I have, you know, it, it depends. It depends. Like, I think that in many of the spaces that I have been in, I have been perceived of as very black, but then others have been perceived as, as not. Um, and so for me, my mother, I, I was thinking back, and I was like, oh, you know, I've intentionally put my space, myself in spaces where I have been, like, the outsider. But I actually think my mother has or she did she passed away in 2018 mm-hmm. right after our marriage um, but she was very deliberate about putting us in spaces where we quote unquote did not belong mm. like my mother was a flight attendant and she flew around the world and one of the things that she really wanted us to do was to enjoy traveling traveling is a luxury that black people don't really mm-hmm. get you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's, just the, that's just the fact there's a lot of systems in place that prevent that from happening. And so we could fly for free, right? So the cost of traveling was eliminated, mm-hmm. which is a big barrier. And so she wanted us to know more, to see more, to do more. Um, and then in middle school, I uh, went from D.C. public schools to a private prep school for boys, mm-hmm. which was predominantly white uh, in the middle of D.C., which is a city that is constantly battling its racial identity mm-hmm. um and i'm now out of school with 
my peers who grew up on the block with me who understood to a school with senator's sons and mm-hmm. diplomat sons and people of that nature um and i like in those in that space i was very black regardless okay. of what i did right it didn't matter because that's what they saw um and so i have constantly battled that identity sometimes in the wrong direction um if i'm honest with myself um about like what does it mean to be in these spaces and what does it mean to be in relationships right Mm -hmm. like um i like obi said have had to work through trauma um some self-imposed uh about being in that being in that space you know trying to prove to to everyone one thing or another um trying to to prove to myself uh certain things and so but that's that's what i was saying before about rebecca is that it's been really great because i've never really had to prove that to her mm. you know i've done a lot of work i've done a lot of work before we met about just being comfortable in my own skin mm-hmm. you know physically and um metaphysically whatever you want to say um but <laughs> she she's never questioned any of who i am she's always pushed me for more mm-hmm. um she's always asked good questions but has been sensitive to not ask every question mm. right because mm. like you get in certain spaces and people think oh well you know we're we're close now so i can just ask whatever i want and Right. It's like it's like no, you you don't don't be ignorant. Go read a book. Like I'm mm-hmm. not the one. Right. So she's been really great about that, and she's also opened my eyes up to a lot of the things that I had either intentionally denied or not really been privy to. Right. Like mm-hmm. I I think that I've learned a lot um, through her. Um, my mother and a lot of the just beautiful black women around me about that, about their struggle, about black women's struggles, right? Like, I'm a black man, right? And I was doing my own struggle, so I wasn't mm-hmm. really thinking about other people's struggles. And I think that understanding what it is that, that black women have to go through every day, right? It's like, honestly it, it, tiresome. It's, it is. Like, I, it's, it's, it is, you all are resilient. And so, like, hearing about her stories with her friends and, um, you know, and then kind of talking about that kind of stuff with my friends, I grew a lot more in in my own blackness mm-hmm. than I did in some of the relationships I had with other black people. It's It's been really interesting. So um, was was there a time that... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Were, were no, you, that was good. That was good. Okay. Um, was there a time that you guys, I, I asked the girls this, you know, but I think it's really also important to hear from your perspective that you were kind of like, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm in an interracial relationship. You kind of like had that moment. Yeah, sixth grade. Sixth grade. <laughs> <laughs> I had that moment. It's early. I mean, like, it's, it, this is, this, this is not my first interracial relationship. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I'm, I agree with Maggie with her, her assessment of the time, you know, in our, in our relationship where I realized that, mm-hmm. um, we were, 
sort of on on different pages mm-hmm. um, of our relationship book, and it was definitely that Georgetown moment um, when we were walking in Georgetown. For your listeners, I'll save you the story. Go back and listen to the previous episode. Also, mm-hmm. rate and review. Thank you, um, thank you, and you, share. I got you. Thank you. I think that's the that's the moment that comes comes to mind most immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was another moment, sort of at Thanksgiving at a larger scale. Thanksgiving this past year with her entire family. Um, and this is like her entire like dad side of the family, all the aunts, all the uncles, all the cousins, mm-hmm. um, and and one of her, her aunt's uh, longtime boyfriends. And, you know, st- st- all of a sudden we got on the topic of race. And mm-hmm. it was that rare mo- it was that rare moment, that off- often happening moment. That's words are hard right now. Um, where I am in a position to speak for um, my entire race. Mm-hmm. To a people, to a group of people who I genuinely want to understand and want to see me. Mm-hmm. for who I am and then that was the flip side of the Georgetown conversation where I realized oh shit she's on my team mm. it's like yeah she can be white and she's not gonna get it fully mm-hmm. maybe ever um, but when it mattered she was on my team mm-hmm. and it wasn't like the, the, the situation wasn't an altercation it wasn't a confrontation it was definitely like of family conversation in this very quiet, solemn grappling with realities uh-huh. of race and sort of their place in it, my place in it, our place in it. And she was just on my team. And I think that that serves as the opposite of our Georgetown sort of like, oh, we aren't necessarily reading the same book right now. Mm-hmm. And what about you, Jonathan? Uh, I, for our relationship, it was addressed really early on so like i there was never really an aha moment for us about like oh wait we're in an interracial relationship um we've definitely had conflict mm-hmm. come up about being in a relation interrelation interrel mm-hmm. uh, whatever about being together yes. right we've been mm-hmm. well, you struggling with that today. <laughs> I'm, for real for I'm tired i'm tired today has been way more than it really needed to be um but yeah and it has come from white people has come from black people um i've had in like i dated a girl uh in college whose parents did not want me to date her because i was black mm. right like, and like that was a whole thing like being in a prep school you're all eyes on you right mm-hmm. so it's like that that's already a thing but and I, I, I promised my wife that I would not go into any detail about the specificity of said conflict. I always say is that Get Out has played a very significant relationship <laughs> role in our relationship. Oh, I know what story you're talking about. Okay. I'm leave it at that. That's fair. That's I fair. No, I didn't make no promises to your wife. <laughs> no, you I'm didn't. Just I'm just kidding. I was like, no, but... I oh. value our friendship. Yeah. Also, value your, your life. <laughs> Not in this uh, pandemic. But I think those moments, like that moment specifically, right? Mm-hmm. Where certain parties decided to insert themselves into our relationship having no relational equity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Those moments are really 
clear definers of kind of just the state of where we are just Mm -hmm. as as a people as a country um and it was frustrating for sure like beyond frustrating i was pissed um (laughs) and still true was was unresolved unresolved exactly um but it has also like those those moments also opened my eyes right like i was saying before they've opened my eyes to a lot of the the trauma and hurt that other people have had because mm-hmm. people like most times you get in those situations it's not because someone generally wants to change something it's because they're hurt like hurt people mm-hmm. hurt people and so like that that allowed me to kind of see a new perspective and grow in a way that i didn't think that i would be growing mm-hmm. right like I like I generally want to understand the struggle of black women mm-hmm. much more deeply. I had no sisters growing up. Mm. It's just my mom, right? And she's trying to raise three boys, all of them very different personalities, very different struggles. So like we didn't really get to understand her story until much later in life and at that point when we really started to go deep into it, she passed away. Mm-hmm. So like it was it was hard for me to to really understand some of that perspective, but I think that trying to not take every assault personally mm-hmm. and trying to look deeper into it has been a test of patience for myself that I didn't think I would be in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with the community that I have, uh, with the wife that I have, like, like if I didn't have Rebecca, Obi, Maggie, and I'm gonna give a shout out to Charles too because he's yes, Charles. Charles like, fully called me last week. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I but love like, you. If I didn't have people like that who would say, "Hey, why is this? Why is like?" Well, first of all, hey, I understand that's fucked up. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, I got you back. And then secondly, okay, well, like, what, what is what is deeper here, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't have, like, some of my friends, uh, like, some of my best friend's wives, um, some, you know, some coworkers who I could really kind of go into and, like, they can say, well, here, let me let me help you understand why they are doing that. Mm-hmm. Not saying they're doing it, not saying what they're doing is right, mm-hmm. still, still messed up, but let me help you understand why. Like, that's, like, when you're on your own. Mm-hmm. You don't get it. And, like, I can read as much as I want to, but until I actually have those relationships with people and really dive into that, those those real stories, I don't get it. So, yeah, there's been conflict. We'll just, yeah, I guess that's the <laughs> short I mean, to, to Jonathan's point, I'm, can, I, can I get real? Can I be real for a second of time? I mean, yes, that's um, the whole point of this podcast, but sure, sure. Oh, is it? I thought it was a, a thin veil. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, girl. Let's. Mm. Okay, girl. <laughs> no. Um, to Jonathan's point, if we're talking about like the the moments of realization and the and the my identity as a black man has a diff- has one more intersection. Mm-hmm. I'm also Nigerian. I grew up in Nigeria. I was born in the U.S. Grew up in Nigeria. Even when we moved back to the U.S., I was still very much living and growing up in a Nigerian home, and that added another layer of identity that I have only recently begun to start the process mm-hmm. and i would venture to say that even growing up in south texas which has its you know definite biased and prejudiced undertones and overtones 
the majority of the hostility that I received racially uh-huh. was perpetrated by my black community. Uh-huh. And that is something that has been really tough to reconcile. Uh-huh. And it's, I mean, it's definitely bled into, into relationship as well. So when we talk about like, the moments when I realized that I'm in an interrelationship, interracial, inter, what, what, you, you infected me. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. The moments where I've realized that I was in an interracial relationship, I would venture to say that about 70% of those was being called out by another black person. Mm. Not having it drawn attention to me by a white person or a disapproving parent, which they were many disapproving parents, but the why don't you date black girls or the, mm-hmm. oh, we don't date black girls or the, why you talk funny or the, I mean, it was just like, that was an, probably an overwhelming percentage. And even if it was an overwhelming percentage, I remember it more because it hurt more because why mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. And like, I would venture to say that had it not been for Pharrell, Donald Glover, Black Panther, like, we wouldn't be in a place where I, and, and to a certain extent, John's able to walk comfortably in our black skin being the people that we genuinely are. Mm-hmm. I, and it's funny because... Sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, kind of, that, that you know, that leads me straight to, like, my next kind of question. Why not date a black girl? And I say this because we build relationships, so I'm just saying it, like, you know, not that you wouldn't... I th- so it's, it's really funny. Like, I used to talk to some of my best friends about, like, what it is that I wanted in a woman. And it was very much a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there were very much, like, black woman thing, Or at least what I perceived as a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. So let's start there, right? Mm-hmm. So I had this perception of what a black woman was. Mm-hmm. Um, my quote-unquote ideal or whatever that is. And, like, we would talk about that and we're like, oh, yeah, like, you know, right? And, like, meanwhile, we're out here dating whoever right like that like, i think that was the first thing um the second thing was that i've never really put a filter on who i date mm-hmm. um it's it's usually started with like oh are you fine okay cool let's start there <laughs> um and then do we actually vibe mm-hmm. right and i think that a big part of my personal journey fighting my own identity and who I was and not being comfortable in my skin like most black girls don't got time for that right Mm -hmm. like you just like they're already struggling through their own thing they don't need some some dude who's doesn't know who he is and what he wants from Um, any race that's just also yeah just period (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm just gonna say from any race and so like it was like I've, I've dated black girls for sure. It was not for a lack of trying. Um, I've sought out, pursued, um, but I, you know, I just for Rebecca. Why? Why did I marry Rebecca? Why well, I love her, right? I just like she's just like I said. There's so many reasons why I love her. Um, I'd love her. If she was black, Chinese, Indian, you know, Pakistani, whatever. Like mm-hmm. as long as she was who she was, mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Um, I have had to do a lot of work on myself mm-hmm. to not be triggered by that question, mm, mm. right? Because it was not, like, yes, it was a choice to, to date the person that I dated. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not a slight or attack against black women, mm-hmm. right? 
no matter what people perceive it to be. So it was not, I was not going out of my way to be like, oh, like black, black women ain't shit. Like that's, that's completely false. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, you have to accept like that is who you are. And there's a lot of perceptions that come with that, all that kind of stuff. Um, (laughs) I like, why did I marry Rebecca? Because I love her, right? I love, Uh I love who she is as a person. I love who she makes me be as a person, even though sometimes stretches me. Um, and I love the the depth of our souls mm-hmm. um, intertwining. Mm. And hey, that was deep. That was, good. That was no, sick. it was. But that's kind of like that's what I wanted because I think often there is this kind of perception that you know, oh, okay, uh, you are. A black man dating a white woman so it must be this idea that like you have dated black women they're all crap to you or like you no longer like black women there's like this weird perception i guess is the is the maybe that's the word that you all of a sudden have no interest in black women and that's that... wild to me because like for one dating is not like shopping it's not a supply and demand equation yeah. right it's not like i could just go to the shelf I want that. I grab it. Like, no, the other thing, that has to want me back mm-hmm. for us to mutually, you know, like, yeah. it has to be an, a mutual attraction. And for the majority, like, for the majority of my life, that has not been there. That there has mm-hmm. not been a mutual attraction. So, like, why not date a black girl? I don't know. I, I mean, it's, it's still, like, Maggie and I aren't married. We are. We've been dating for a long time. We're talking about marriage. We're on a marriage track. I love her with all my heart. It's never once crying necessarily made a mistake but I think one thing mm-hmm. that people need to understand is people in interracial relationships ask themselves that question mm-hmm. it's not something that we're oblivious to we ask ourselves that question and I'm not married yet but I'm sure when I get married I will probably still ask myself that question yes you will <laughs> because it's it's not it's not easier dating a white girl is not easier by any stretch of the imagination it's a different kind of hard um and it's this, it's a really odd, you know, I still have friends back home in Texas who are just like, yeah, yeah, Obi dates, Obi dates, uh, Obi dates white girls. Friends who I had crushes on, mm-hmm. who knew that I had crushes on them, who were black women, who were just like, mm-hmm. not feeling my nerdy band, band or <laughs> Like, it was just like, you, like, we were right there together and... Like that wasn't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the two the two beautiful black women who did date me before I uh, <laughs> became comfortable in my blackness. Um, but like it, it's it's a very odd notion to think that a decision that was made for me, and I think this is what John's getting at. Because I made a decision for me, does not mean I made a decision against you. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think and that. I think that's, Sorry, go ahead. No, I was about to say, I'm like, that's that's it. I think the decision you make for you is not necessarily a decision against me because I never, I think there was, for me at least, when I, meeting the two of you, more so, more so Obi, simply because I showed up at his place early and then Maggie popped in. It was like this random chick in his living room. And, <laughs> like, but, um, but I think for me, there, uh, there was more of a concern that, 
I wouldn't get along with Maggie and Rebecca. Not because they're not great or anything. I was just like, I don't know what this dynamic is going to look like in this space. Because what I had perceived, I had a lot of my own biases about white women who date black men. And weirdly enough, not the other way around, not black women who date white men. I didn't really have that bias because that's something I've done. So I don't, I don't care, but I think I had my own preconceived notion and I didn't, I didn't want it. I was, I was worried about showing up authentically. I was worried about them doing a thing that I see sometimes white people do when they're in spaces that they're like, I'm going to show people that I'm down and like, you know, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, my girlfriend from Lewisburg, Pennsylvania is going to prove to you how down she is. Right. That's the thing. Like, from it was Weems, Virginia, my wife. <laughs> or just like, you know, they're like, we're about the cause, like did it up. But then they say something and you're like, ah, girl, I don't know. And I didn't and I didn't know. I think that was I think that was like, honestly, my my biggest concern. But it but it never had to do. I guess it never but it never crossed my mind per se of like, why aren't they dating black women? It's interesting in relationships, specifically the fetishization and commodification of black skin, um, because mm-hmm. it gets kind of translated very deeply. Right. Like, and I think that's the thing that is that you see a lot of in mm-hmm. these interracial relationships, the things that are loudest, right. That like the, the black girl who, or the white girl who's so down mm-hmm. and, oh yeah, I love black men, I love that, it's like, it has to like make a whole thing. Yeah. Like she's dead, or the black, or the white man who, who has to like, who almost feels like he's like owning like this, this black, like, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not trying to, you know, trying to take a dump on other people in their relationships, <laughs> but like, that's, that's the thing that we see, right? That's mm-hmm. the thing that we see in the media, that's the thing that we see from the loudest people there, but like you don't you don't see the Ob and Maggie's and the Jonathan and Rebecca's and the other people out here just throwing their relationship in everyone else's faces because okay. they're you know whatever. Like we went into it was so funny. Rebecca and I drove we're driving down to her parents' house and we stopped at a Chick Fil A and we were in line and this girl turns around so ex- this white girl turns around so excited she's like oh my god you're like me. And we're like, what? Sorry, no. <laughs> and she's like, my boyfriend's, my, my, my baby daddy is black. Right? See, see, that's what I'm talking about. And that's like, so that. Like, why, why does this have to be a thing? Like, why are you, like, I don't, like, we don't need to be, like, there's no club, right? There's no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have pins. Like, <laughs> like, we don't have to be. It's like, mm. right? And I, I think that's the thing that's, that's so, it's just so prevalent. And mm-hmm. it's, it really, and it's the same thing with, like, the, with, like, black and black right like white whatever like they're the 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 loudest is always the thing that people mm-hmm. see right like Do you, you you don't get we're only now just now getting stories of black relationships that are thriving and beautiful mm-hmm. and and we, we're not like trying to disprove this narrative of you know, whatever it is, right? Like, we get our, our Beyonce and Jay-Z's, we get, like, get all of our other relationships like that, where people are like, look, we're just, we're in a relationship. It's not about being a black relationship. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's like, we are here thriving as people. Right, right. Mm-hmm. right? And that has been, like, if you start to look at 
some of those questions and conversations from that lens, it makes it a little bit easier to take that. Mm-hmm. Right? I've been at Ubers where, like, my my Uber account profile is my wife and I, and I step into the car, and three minutes into the Uber conversation, they're asking me why I'm dating a white woman. It's like we don't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> and even if we did, sir, <laughs> it's like right. Okay, ma'am. Like, first of all, take me to where I'm trying to go. Like, yeah. what a tip. I also really wish there was a thing like an Uber we could be like, I want to have conversation or I don't want to have conversation. There is now. There is now. Oh, is there? Yeah. I don't know if it's only for the business accounts, but you can set silent rides. Yo, okay. I need to get that update because yeah. sometimes I'm not trying to be I mean, chatting with people. I don't take Ubers anymore for other reasons, but. Fair. I was saying that like, you know, I think, I think that's kind of, we're in this weird space right now, like in. I think a greater conversation because you see personified like, oh, black love is beautiful. And it is. There's nothing wrong with that. But then there's this other side of like, well, here are these two men that aren't dating black women. Why Why is that? Why isn't black love beautiful enough for you? Not saying that, you know, because obviously knowing the four of you, it's not like that at all. So I guess my question is kind of, do you ever have... I don't know, like a weird sense of guilt or did you have a little bit, I don't know, were you, I, yeah, guilt, I guess guilt is the right word of like, why do why do I have to be the one? I'll, I'll answer this as someone who's probably less further along than Jonathan is in this process. Yeah, I think occasionally that'll pop up. And I think the, the last time I can think that it, it popped up strongly and I think I came home and told Jonathan this was after watching Black Panther. Weirdly mm. enough, I like had this moment of like, oh, I think I fucked up. Like, <laughs> like what have I, what have I done? Um, but I don't know if it's a, I don't know if it's a guilt necessarily for the choice that I have made mm-hmm. or the choices that I have made in the past. So again, it's also weird because like I have dated black girls, mm-hmm. um, and I find black women very beautiful because they are. Um, anyone who says they don't find black women beautiful are lying. Uh, um, listen, that happened to me. That happened. That happened to me at church camp. A kid straight said to my face, "Black women aren't beautiful," and I was yeah, like, he's, he's, "He's working through some things." Like, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "So that was that's how I grew up as thirteen year old Natalia." Yeah. But continue. <laughs> but no, there's there's definitely you know occasions. If if I look at my relationship exterior, I ask myself, "Am I contributing to a problem?" which is entirely unfair to put on my relationship, but it's a reality that it's a thing that I think. Am I contributing to a problem? Am I the reason why people don't think that black love is beautiful? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily, you know, respond negatively to the statement that I, I don't, I agree. I think, and it's sort of like, it needs to be said because it, it isn't fully understood mm-hmm. and it's not seen. So I don't see necessarily what I'm doing as being in conflict with that, but I do feel sometimes like, am I, Am I, you know, playing into something that I'm not fully aware of or fully in control of? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, there's, and I, yeah, guilt might be a, it's, it might be a strong word for it. Yeah. But it's definitely, it's definitely an awareness. It's a knowing, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not like, I have a little sister. I have a 19 year old little sister who's incredible, incredible in every single way that a human being could be incredible add the fact that she's a woman and it's she's insane she's great i love her i was raised by my mother there's no question in my mind the 
power and efficacy and beauty of a black woman. Mm-hmm. So that's not lost on me, but it's entirely, it's in, the, the, the insecurity lies in how other people look at me. Mm-hmm. It's not about me, really. It's not about how I feel towards towards them or towards Maggie. It's about how other people will look at me and perceive mm-hmm. that. And I just don't know that I've I've done all the work that I can to not give a damn in the way that Jonathan does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and, and I, I care. Like, right? Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I think for me, it's just like, I've gotten to the point in my life where it's like, I made the choice that I made. I understand the environment I am and I understand what that perception means. All right, well, I'm going to move on with my life. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm going to keep going forward. And I've never... Like, like, like I said before, we, I thought about the fact that I was going to be in an interracial relationship very early on, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that was never a thing that just, like, popped up on me. It was a very intentional thing early on in our relationship. But I think, for me, the thing that's really important is that there continues to be growth and mm-hmm. that Rebecca is not stifling other other women or mm-hmm. other relationships. Like, that, that she is using her voice specifically to help dismantle some of the bullshit like you know for lack of a better term that is happening like she's using her voice to go into her community of where she was raised and very like you know isolated um blue collar uh virginia uh to talk to people about all right, here it is. Like, she's, like, engaging with her family about this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, it's like, I've never, I've always been very proud of her. Mm. Right? And I've always been very happy in that aspect of our relationship. I've never had any regrets there. I've never said, oh, man, I made the wrong choice. Like, I definitely think about the fact that it's going to be difficult for our kids out there. Mm-hmm. Right? It's going to be okay. difficult uh, when we enter spaces together and people make their assumptions or they get, you know, whatever. Um, but I've never regretted it because I have always known Rebecca has made it very known to me that she is on my team mm. and that she is on our team, right? Like she is on the team of making it better for black people. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not one of these. And she said before that I'll call her out when she's being a white savior. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna be like, look, I don't need your help. You don't need your help. Whatever. But she's also being very cognizant and engaging in the conversations that need to be had mm-hmm. on her side. When I say, hey, I can't talk to those people, she's like, look, I'm gonna talk to them. I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna be the one. Like mm-hmm. I'm out here trying. To, like you don't need to have a conversation. Or like I might get uh, questions from people, and she's like, "Look, don't even ask it. I got it." Like that's that's what I'm about, right? And yeah, it would be easier in certain ways if I was dating a black woman because I wouldn't necessarily get some of those questions. Maybe mm-hmm. I don't know. But I've always loved that about her and like and i'm not even gonna call on that no bs and say she's woke right now no 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 she's out here doing the work mm-hmm. yeah um and she is giving me space to breathe <laughs> because yes yes obi and i are doing our best to do the work and we're trying to engage with people who are also doing the work 
and I'm also trying to engage with people who aren't because I maybe maybe I can change them, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe I can to reach their heart. Like I, I don't just keep people who look like me and think like me around me. I try to keep people who don't. Do you? So <laughs> I. So we're so we're oh Lord no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Rebecca had mentioned um, that you had come to her and been like, I'm I'm just tired of white people. How does that, <laughs> how does, yes. I mean, how do you, how do you have that conversation with your, cause I was like, um, does he know who you are? Um, and it's just like, how do I have a conversation? well, you have it very loudly, uh, for one, uh, <laughs> because it was, it wasn't even tiredness, it's exasperation. And it was something that I hadn't realized until that very moment. And it wasn't that like, I'm tired of white people. It's like, I'm tired of constantly being on the front lines of engagement Mm I am surrounded I'm in a white world like we all are right Mm -hmm. this is a white world Um, but like I was at an OB and Charles like where are my boys at like all my boys are are separated like I got one in Japan one in Chicago Mm -hmm. you know I got a a, a couple here but they got their lives too it's like we like the majority of the time that I'm with is with white people and I realized um, that I wasn't being able to just like kind of sit down and not do this mm-hmm. <laughs> right like she, she I, I think she was talking about the way in which we argue um, and a lot of it is because of our families right mm-hmm. like her family does not do conflict in the same way that my family does like my mm-hmm. family approaches it head on <laughs> hers tries to skirt around it or maybe like not um, and they're all learning to do that better now but like when we argue that's how we argue mm-hmm. I am very direct <laughs> yes. sometimes too direct sometimes too loud sometimes so you know and like that that shuts her off and like they're that can be very tiring right Mm -hmm. when i'm like i'm not yelling at you i'm not trying to shut you down this is just how i talk like i can have like obi and i have can just like yell at each other yes you can but still hear what the other person is saying like i like my my best friends Bear and Malcolm like we can get in conversations and we're all talking over each other but still like we're still listening right and mm-hmm. it's it's that is just something that we can do as black people <laughs> and not feel <laughs> you know like we're not getting our voices some people feel like they don't mm-hmm. get their voices hurt and that's that's a problem but um that I just realized I miss that right like I miss mm-hmm. just being loud and not feeling like it's a problem um, and I just, it came to that realization because I hadn't really been engaging in black spaces mm. for some time. And I was like, I need to intentionally do that. Like, just as much as I need to intentionally do the work and engage with white people in a way that's productive, I also need to take some time to, to be with my boys, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's kind of where that was. Mm. It's, Yeah. So I think that, that, like, that moment looks different, too, for different people. I definitely yeah. had... Oh, I'll, I'll a, uh, I Last, this weekend? Saturday? Friday? Friday. Anyways, you know, I think it was Friday after the week that we all had last week and the news and mm. the things. It was a rough week and for like, black people. I woke up and I read 
my like I just like wrote something, threw it up on Instagram, and it was just like this weird release valve. And then Maggie comes like she wakes up, comes in the living room, is like you okay? And I was like yeah, I'm fine. I'm just sitting on my laptop, like not talking. And then I just like went over to her and literally curled up on the couch in her lap, and I just like broke down weeping. Mm. And like that was my I'm tired of white people. And then to my surprise, she also just like caved on me and like broke down weeping also, which. Caught me off guard for some reason because she's a crier and like we all know. That I, that's that. what I was about to say. I was like, <laughs> it did because it wasn't just like, oh, I'm like, I'm like teary eyed. She was like groaning and weeping the same way that I was weeping. Mm. She, I, it was like I could feel that she had reached a point of like confusion and helplessness mm-hmm. in this conversation in the same way that I was in that moment, and it mm. was really special and really painful all at the same time. Um, I think that's. I think that might be one of the first times that we've sort of had a moment like that where it was just like, yeah, I'm tired of this ish, and I I want to not do it anymore. And that's that's so interesting because my reaction, which like weirdly enough, I felt like I saw other black women react this way. Like I was angry. I was. I mean, a lot of people were angry, obviously, but like. Oh, we was angry. <laughs> I was angry. Yeah, yeah I, I just. But like, my anger didn't manifest in tears. It just like manifested in like me like raising my voice at my mom but I mean she knew why I wasn't like but raising my voice and like talking about the situation not like at her for something but no I did it before did not end well Uh, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) I don't know why you want here telling my business um (laughs) but I feel like from like and I feel like I saw a lot of other black women like our immediate response was anger and I feel like that's something because like we have to because I feel like internally we know that like we're gonna have to be the ones to like build back up the community we're gonna be the ones that are gonna be organizing the marches and the rallies and the calls and the you know and the press kits and the and I'm gonna call so-and-so's mom I'm gonna like I just feel like I feel I feel like like in a weird way it's like this I'm so tired of doing this because no one is helping us do this but it needs to get done kind of feeling. And I, and I felt like from black men, there was more of like these, I'm so sad. I'm like wept and like black women. I saw, I'm angry. <laughs> like So it's, yeah. it's interesting to hear that, um, that yeah. you cried. It was interesting for me. Like I, it's so funny. Like Maggie, Obi and Rebecca all are much more apt to crying than I am. Mm, true. Um, I think that in the time that Obi and I have known each other, twice maybe, probably twice, probably twice, and like one or one or both were related to my mother passing away. <laughs> um, but like I, I got, I got that news, and we, we all know what we're talking about a mod, right? Yes. I got <laughs> news. Just put that out there on the, on the podcast, people who who were a little confused. Right? We're talking about a mod. We're talking about the gunning down, the murder the lynching of another black man and I was not angry I was not sad I was exhausted and I was immediately turned off and closed off to answering questions to having conversations and this one hit probably closer to home for a lot of the people who know me because I'm an avid runner Mm. and wherever I go I run 
and so like that is like whenever I'm on vacation, I, I bring my shoes and I, I want. And so people were reaching out and like, how does this? And I'm like, look, I'm tired. I don't want to talk about it. Like I don't want to to try to assuage your guilt or try to mm-hmm. engage with you and have this conversation. Like I like I'm tired of this. And it was also really interesting to me because this was like a collective reawakening mm-hmm. like we had all been put to sleep or lulled because of the covid situation mm-hmm. it's like oh we forgot mm-hmm. that we're that they're that we're in america right like mm-hmm. there were definitely conversations about the you know the effects of covid on black communities because of institutional racism and because of the barriers and all that kind of stuff but like we like we almost forgot like, oh black people still getting killed out here mm-hmm. for being black just like, simply oh, forgot Minding like, all of our business. That like, is always like, what gets forget, me. Right? I didn't forget when, when people were like, oh, put this black mask on and go into a store. It's like, no, I didn't forget yeah, that I'm black and that's, that's a problem. Like, it's like everyone got that reminder. And then the reactions from black and white people, really, just had me tired. And I was just like, look, I'm tired. I don't want to talk about this. Y'all go have your conversations let me breathe for a second and mm-hmm. then I'll step back into the, the conversation. I mean, I've had this conversation at work of like, we need to stop sharing pictures of black people being killed mm-hmm. and, and videos of black people being killed. And I think about the, the, the piece I had written um, for NBC BLK a while ago about the not reaching pouches and how like through through my research for that you know i was looking up other incidents of black people being killed during routine traffic stops and just in the street and i got so tired that like i couldn't do this like i started crying like at my desk at work because it is so traumatic to constantly see that and constantly have to relive and think about all the experiences that you've had that you've close encounters that you've had close encounters that your friends and family have had so it's just like i don't know i think i think that's an interesting space to be in and to kind of bring it back to to the main focus i mean yes could i talk about mod in the whole issues of everything yes but do you feel a complication in your solidarity with the race having to kind of pull somebody into that who may not get it, who may not understand, but being like, you have to understand why this is important. Not just because this man, you know, wasn't doing anything wrong, but because this is part of like a pattern. Do you, do you feel a weird disconnect in that space? No, no. Dating her doesn't make me less black. I mean, that's uh, like dating, <laughs> dating Maggie when we're married if the system stays what it is, I'm still just as rich for walking out in the street, going on for a jog and getting shot. Like it's mm-hmm. not going to, it doesn't change anything. So like if people why this is one area where I've begun. So I, I normally don't post. I'm normally quiet because I've never felt comfortable having a voice in that space because mm-hmm. of other related racial traumas in my life. Again, being Nigerian American and not being black enough. So I don't normally speak. I, I'm, I'm there and I'm there to listen. I've always sort of comfortably sat in my place as a bridge mm-hmm. when people want to 
ask the question. Like, I'm the black friend you come to to ask the questions you don't want to ask your black friends, right? And I've done that. <laughs> I've done that very comfortably for my whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I've never expressed rage, and I've never expressed emotion, because I can't do that in that position. So this reaction was very unlike me mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, um, because the first thing I did was, I'm going to write a lengthy post, because I don't ever write a lengthy post about this. Um, so, like, no, I don't, I don't necessarily feel personally, internally a conflict. Others might prescribe that, you know, I'm sure there's a hotel out there somewhere that's like, nah, you a traitor. Like, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Live your life, bro. Live your life. Uh-huh. Only in his hotel ness <laughs> <laughs> But I don't, I don't think there's a conflict at all because at the end of the day, my body is what my body is to the systems that are mm-hmm. in play. And it's not the dating Maggie being, like, Maggie doesn't change that. I'm grateful for the fact that I'm in love with a woman who I'm confident will put her body in my place if push ever came to shove. Mm. God forbid. God forbid that happened, and I, I hope to God that never happens, and it likely will never happen, but I know that her heart for me is that is true, and she'll do that. And that's all I think anyone can ask of anyone. And I think the more that we move forward in relationship, the more that even becomes real. Like, our first argument wasn't really an argument about, like, yo, I need you to be on my team. At the core, it was an argument of, yo, you're going to have black children one day, and I'm afraid you're not going to be ready for this. Mm. And, like, Mm. as we've grown deeper in relationship, I'm realizing, no, when the time comes, she'll be be good. Mm -hmm. Um, I trust that the journey that we're on will end in that place, and I'm, I'm happy to stand in a fight comfortably doing the thing that I need to do with an ally who's dedicated to continuous learning and making herself uncomfortable and all of that jazz. Did you, did you guys ever feel like when, at least when you, you know, first, first got together, um, either one of you, um, that you had to tone it down, quote unquote, for a second, because you didn't know how they would react to the fullness of you? No, I never felt like I had to tone down my blackness because mm-hmm. I don't actually know how to do that. Um, <laughs> right, I can't, I can't find the knob. Right, like I'm, I'm black. Like I'm black regardless. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, I did have to tone down <laughs> other things. Um, <laughs> this but, a different podcast.
to, to grow with one another, and I know that she does not react well to that kind of situation, and, and neither does Maggie, right? Like, everyone well, is, is much better at at, uh, <laughs> at curtailing themselves in, in the heat of the moment than I am. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's real. And I, I think I, I did the opposite. I don't, I, you know, I think toning it down, I don't, again, I don't know what toning it down means, and especially the blackness, but I think when Dad, Maggie and I started dating, we was sort of at a point where I, my personal, I had reached like a peak in my mm-hmm. identity narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, not, not the peak, because I don't know that anyone ever reaches the peak, but I was definitely, I had done a lot of climbing. So, you know, when we, after our first date and that she friends owned me for four months, different podcasts we'll talk about it later. <laughs> I'm <laughs> trifling. <laughs> um, after our first date, after our second date, I think like our third date, I was like, all right, cool. This is the thing that's happening. Here's a book that I read that rocked my world and I need you to read it too. I basically gave her my book. It's called We Real Cool by Bell Hooks. And I was like, I need you to read this because this book showed me things about my black masculinity that I did not know about my black masculinity. And I need you, I need to know that you're down with this before we go any further. <laughs> um, Just understand where I'm at. Understand where I'm at. And like, she read it and you know, she read it. We talked about it. We continue to talk about elements of it to this day. She, you know, this year she's decided that she's not reading white guys, this period, point blank. So she's, she's learning, like consistently pursuing that. And I think even with her family, I, you know, and I said this about her family before, but there's a genuine um, desire and knowing, um, or desire to know in her mother and her father's hearts and they come at it from different different ways her mom grew up in south boston and grew up in poverty so you know there's a little there's an alignment there that you know she feels she she sees a familiarity and and approaches things in love in that direction and learning her dad is just the quintessential listener and learner he will read everything and consume everything and then come to you with questions um within in the most just sincere and um, disarming way possible. So I, luckily with them, I've never had to tone anything down. If anything, it's kind of been a, a, a growth in my black. I've probably, again, like I've, I've grown more comfortable in my black identity being around people who have allowed that mm-hmm. to happen. Mm. I like that. I like those answers. They're very good. I, I enjoy them. Do you guys have any fears about your relationship about what the future holds for you as as couples you know it doesn't necessarily have to be related to your race but but um just in general fears fears (laughs) fears as a couple fears as a couple oh lord jesus I don't, I don't, yeah, it's not necessarily related to, I've, I've, I realized very recently that most of the, most of the things that scare me about our relationship aren't about our relationship at all, they're about me. Mm. And I'm, like, trying to work through what that means and how to address that, but it's, I don't, you know, I, I, I trust her, and I trust her with me, I don't always trust me with me. Mm. Um, and I think, and I'm still also, to be honest, learning to trust myself with her, um, as, as a man in a relationship. So if there's a fear, it's sort of the fear of the unknown, right? I think we, I've told 
to you guys is like pre-COVID, we were definitely talking about marriage and about next steps and we had looked at rings and then once quarantine hit and we were spending every waking moment together, it was like a two-week period where there was no speaking of forever. <laughs> no mention of marital bliss. Um, and it kind of shook me for a minute. I was like, oh, wait, is this not, you know, and then we both realized, like, wait, married people don't spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week together. This is not normal. Um, <laughs> <We> don't. <laughs> Johnson's like, I'm finna dip after this. <laughs> That's true. So, yeah. No, that's the that's the fear. It's the fear of the unknown um, for us, and like what's next. And there's also an excitement that comes with that. Um, and just uh, yeah. Jonathan, you any fears? Fears. My only real fear, and it I mean it has to do with our interraciality mm-hmm. you know, Um <laughs> But it's, it's, I just fear as anyone should fear for my children. Mm. Um, one that I don't like, am I going to raise them right? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to raise them to appreciate the black community in the way that I am learning to and have been my whole life? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, am I going to raise them, um, to be able to fight this fight because it's not going to be over. It's going to keep going. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and that's, 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 mm-hmm. that's a unfortunate truth. Um, but then also, like, putting another black body out there. Putting black bodies out there that are at risk. And that's a fear that Rebecca has, and she talks about it. And I'm like, yeah, I live with it, but, like, I'm not afraid for myself like I am afraid for my children. Uh. Um, so that is a... I don't want either of us, but I especially don't want Rebecca to have to deal with that. Uh. Uh, just because of how sensitive and beautiful of a soul she has. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't, I'm not, we've, we're learning a lot about ourselves. Um, I'm learning a lot about my blackness um, in, in our relationship, but also in the conversations that I get to have with my friends mm-hmm. um, around what's happening now and around our relationships, right? Like, I'm very happy to be where I am mm-hmm. um, because every day I have to, confront that right Mm -hmm. and I don't get to just sit back and not think about it um but yeah no I'm afraid for I'm afraid for them little babies there are no babies in the way just for anyone who's listening (laughs) I'm gonna try and put some stuff out there it ain't happening right now special announcement (laughs) no please don't start rumors COVID bun in the oven please don't we are 100% sure it's not happening um (laughs) but yeah yeah I'm afraid that's real so my last question because we've been talking for a long time um that I asked all my guests and just because you're men it's not going to change um how do you define being a woman and womanhood and you know I knew you were going to ask it and yet (laughs) I prepared I prepared not a bit not not even a little bit what are you going to learn he wasn't ready. He wasn't ready. Oh, uh, man. All right. Don't fuck this one up. Uh, <laughs> All right. I mean, like, three days to think about this question. Well, you don't. You have maybe 30 <laughs> seconds, so. How do I define woman? I'm going to be real. I can't. Right? Like, I, it's not my place. 
Um, it's not my place to define what it means to be a woman. Um, I think that there is a lot about womanhood that I am learning about through Rebecca, through interactions with my friends, through um, just like the growth of women's empowerment in this country, um, through some of the mistakes that are being mm-hmm. made in women's empowerment, um, through a lot of the mistakes that are being made through allyship. Um, all I know is that there is, like, it is strength. Mm-hmm. Right? It is a strength that I will never know. Um, but it is a strength that I've always benefited from. And so that's all I can say about it. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm out. I'm out. Oh, wait. Uh, no. You have to answer. Tap out. Tap out. Now, you what can't, you, you can't tap out. Tap out. No, um, um, I, I, I honestly, same. I don't, I, it's not my place to define it. I don't, uh, whoo. <laughs> and I think that the thing that is, is a, is a struggle for this is when we talk about defining identities and we talk about defining characteristics, identities, we immediately turn to the anti. Mm-hmm. So, you know, womanhood is anti-masculinity. False. It's not, um, you know, Blackness is anti-whiteness. It face value, not really. Maybe institutionally, yes, but so it, it's you know, it's it's a challenging thing to define because the thing that conditions us to identify things is is essentially rooted in the anti. Mm-hmm. So when you say womanhood, I'm just thinking about the imagery that comes to mind, and weirdly enough, like my my mom, obviously not weird. That that one's not weird. <laughs> my, my, my mother comes to mind mm-hmm. um, and she is strength she is hospitality mm-hmm. she is tenderness and boldness you know my mom for most of my life was also my dad um, and had to serve in that, that capacity as well um, but also weirdly enough like my mom's older brother my uncle benji which i've never really thought i've never i've never i've never said any of this before um (laughs) it's a silent he he's a silent consistency Mm. he's a like nothing to prove but always will show up sort of thing super reliable super steadfast those are those are the image those are the images that come to mind mm-hmm. and the things that come to mind for me, um, but yeah, that was a hard question and I'm mad that you ended this podcast with both of us bumbling, I'm mad stumbling that we like idiots. I was like, you fully knew. I know mad both of you listen, so I don't understand. <laughs> Um, I mean, I also remember Maggie Vanter being sort of like, as she's discovering what that means for herself, it's also trying to understand herself as a human being. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's value in that. They may value in that, too. Mm-hmm. Just being like, you know, and Rebecca's answer, just like there is one quality of, of womanhood that men can lay no claim to, and that's the ability to, to carry, bear, and, and bring forth life, which is facts. I mean, that's facts. And, you know, a, a mutual friend of all of ours actually just had a baby, and just watching the process that she has gone through and to see this thing come out and she's she's been a close enough friend that she's been very very candid about the whole process um has kind of been mind-blowing and mind-boggling to me um there is a there is a biological mandate and biological imperative 
um, that I will never understand and know as a man and only have the honor of being a help me to and a proxy to. Mm-hmm. I love that I asked you guys these questions and I love your answers. <laughs> um, thank you both so much for joining me. I really, really appreciate it. It was so, I mean, I just, I mean, I love talking to you both regardless, but it was really great to talk to you on this platform and, and hearing what you have to say and your perspectives. Um, and just like, no, I, I love getting to know both of you deeper. Um, do you either of you have anything that you want to promote? Shout out, you know, late claim to. Shout out the uh, Tolbert baby. Um, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Tolbert run baby. Back. Run, run that back. back. <laughs> nah, nah. Shout out, uh, shout out, Obi. Right, like man, you still got prints, right? You still got some prints out there. I got prints out there. It's fine. Yes. I don't need to be. I don't need to be shout out. Look, shout what? Out. Shout out Italian. Shout out small businesses. Yo, shout out restaurants. Go support restaurants and restaurateurs. Yeah. Go like order order some food takeout. Send every city has a Venmo list of restaurants and bars and Mm -hmm. bartenders. Go Venmo five dollars to someone every time you take a drink because real talk out here is rough for them and them says my friends. That's true. I'm still gonna attach all of his Obi's like crazy creative so i'm still gonna shout out all the links um in the show notes um but thank you all so much for joining us um look forward to being back again for another episode if you would like to connect the show please follow us on instagram and twitter at pretty face lady three um if you'd like to email us you want to say hi you know someone could be on the show or you'd like to be on the show please email us at pretty face women at mtapf podcast dot com and talk to you soon. Bye-bye.